welcome to the Cigar Cast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including reviews, industry news, and everything in between. As per usual, I'm one of your hosts, Trey Dedman, and I'm joined as always by Shane Reeves. Glad to be here. Um, today is a great day for the Cigar Cast because this is what I wanted it to be. We get to be three guys on a Saturday. We're sitting here on my back porch. The weather's beautiful. And we just get to be three guys sharing a cigar and talking about life. This is the first time we've ever recorded that we've been able to just enjoy cigars for the sake of cigars. But you mentioned three three people smoking three cigars, so we do have a guest with us today. Uh, this guy is Nashville just incarnate. Uh Former traveling musician, cigar aficionado, and also happens to be my roommate, uh, Bo Ladner. Hello, I'm Bo Ladner. <laughs> well, if you want to describe Bo, this is how I've always described Bo to the stranger. You know my love for bad monster movies. You know when Sharktopus tears through the tactical unit and there's like one drifter, probably was in handcuffs ten minutes earlier, smoking a bad cigar that survives? That's Bo. Oh, I've been the nicest compliment I've heard all week. <laughs> <laughs> but before we get into your life in cigars and your life in general, let's talk about what we're going to smoke today. What are you smoking, Trey? I am smoking the uh, Cro-Magnon Cranium from Roma Craft, a cigar that I absolutely fell in love with about uh, six or seven months ago. It's a 6 by 54 so it's kind of a super Toro size, which is right in my wheelhouse. It's a Connecticut broadleaf wrapper, which I'm a huge fan of, and uh, the binder and filler is all Nicaraguan, so you get a lot of spice and flavor, plus Romacraft's doing some great stuff. Their construction is always on point. It's one of those I know when I pick it up that I'm just going to love it. Romacraft is a great cigar, but you know, they're kind of hard to find. I've always had trouble when I travel seeing Romacraft in stores. I just don't see them that often. That's one of those cigars for me that... You know, everyone has that cigar that you judge a cigar shop on based on whether or not they have it. Uh, San Cristobal used to be that for me. You know it's a good shop if they have San Cristobal. And now it's Romacraft because it's not something you're going to find everywhere. But when you do, you know it's a place that really likes to be a little bit adventurous in their selection. Bo, what are you going to smoke? Got one of my perennial favorites, the LaFleur Dominicana L300 Maduro Cabinet. I brought it partially because I really want to hear you pronounce LaFleur Dominicana for the rest of the hour, but also because uh, it's strong, it's dark, it's full-bodied, it's much like myself, and it's never been disappointing either. You know, you hooked me up on that cigar down in Tuscaloosa. We were at R&R Cigars, and we were throwing craps at Craps Night down Yeah, I there. remember. <laughs> and you hooked me up on that cigar, and I bought a box of them, and I just, I've loved them. I've absolutely loved them. And now that you've won a box of the Chisel Point in a bit last week on the Super Bowl, then um, I'm looking forward to trying the Chisel Point. Yeah, I'll keep one aside for you. I think you've earned it. (laughs) That was an exciting game. We had a um, Super Bowl party at the cigar shop, kind of unofficially food and I think you and Trey and Gerald were the only Patriots fans in the whole of that yeah, whole I, office. I, I, think I, I want to qualify the, that a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I was. I'm not a Patriots fan, but I had decided to root for them, and I have decided to root for them for a number of years. But being that my mama is from Wisconsin, 
and the, that side of the family are all Packers shareholders. They'd track me down and kill me in my sleep if I said the words, I am a Patriots fan, on any broad medium. But we were all rooting for the Patriots that particular game. In that particular game. And, you know, it, for me, it was it was more about sticking it to Goodell because you, you saw his face afterwards. He was so pissed. Well, he got booed when he came out. How often does that happen? Right. Um, but uh, before we get off the rails a little bit, uh, Shane, what are you smoking today? Well, today I'm going to have one of my favorites. It's a Liga Pravada. It's a Ratzilla. It's the bigger size of the Dirty Rat. Um, you got to be a Drew Diplomat dealer to carry them by Drew Estate. But just a great smoke. It's Lancero, but it's a beefy Lancero. I don't smoke a lot of Lanceros, but this is just um, the Ratzilla. And, you know, I've smoked the Velvet Rat. I really can't tell a big difference in the Velvet Rat and the Ratzilla. What's the price difference between those? Uh, four or five bucks. I think the okay, Velvet... Okay, so it's significant if the flavor's about the same. Yeah, the Velvet Rat um, is not out in as many shops. Actually, the ones I've smoked, I picked up when I went to barn smokers or special events. I've only seen one box of Velvet Rats actually in a shop. And then they have Year of the Rat. I don't know what Drew Estate has with rats, but... <laughs> For some reason, just they a dirty like warehouse. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> Nicaraguan, which this is a Nicaraguan cigar, and I don't care how many rats have walked over it. I'm fixing to smoke it and enjoy it. <laughs> so, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, yeah, yeah, I never actually thought about that until just now. But you, you may have ruined the rats for me. Every time I smoke one now, I'm gonna wonder if Jonathan Drew was down at the factory in Esteli, looked into a corner like Walt Disney of the cigar world, and just decided <laughs> that's it. That's the image. When From now on, the brothers. <laughs> Um, but speaking of the the Super Bowl, did you guys see uh, Robert Kraft handing out the Padron Anniversary 64s to all the players on the Patriots? That was a heck of a picture. Yeah, it was interesting. I, uh, On one hand, it was really nice to see. On the other hand, I had to wonder just how far off-site they were going to have to walk before they could legally sit down and actually enjoy the cigars. Well, they were in Houston, so probably not that far. <laughs> it's still, there's still a lot of great uh, tobacco love down in the Lone Star State. And I think if you win the Super Bowl, you, should, you shouldn't get any kind of guff for enjoying a cigar. I mean, I think Lady Gaga's performance had more smoke on that field than that entire box of Padrones could produce in a night. Well, that's like with with this is something I don't know if you guys have noticed it too. Is uh, now that everyone's doing the celebrations in the locker room, and now that the camera crews are in there, have you noticed now they're like putting painters tarp everywhere, and everyone's wearing <laughs> goggles and <laughs> like have we just? Well, to be fair, Gronkowski was there. <laughs> well, moving away kind of from football and back to more our core here, I want to talk to Bo about what's your first cigar. Tell us about your first cigar. So uh, my grandpa uh, started smoking cigars probably when he was a child, smoked his entire life. Uh, my dad started when he was an adult. I was a teenager, and I came home one day, and uh, my older brothers were sitting outside, and they were just green. They were just sick as a dog. And I asked my pa what was wrong with them, and he said that he let them try a cigar, and uh, they said that they inhaled it, and they got sick. And I said, well, can I try it? And I grew up watching old westerns and old gangster movies and i'd seen people smoking cigars on tv so i knew you don't inhale it you, you puff on it you take very light inhales so i puffed on it and i told him it was just the most delicious thing i'd ever had i still remember it, it was a leon jimenez natural wrapper and I asked him if uh, if i could have the rest of it 
And he said I could on two conditions. One was I had to go in and take a shower and brush my teeth afterwards because, two, Mama better never find out that he let me smoke that cigar. <laughs> and I've been smoking fairly regularly ever since. Having met your mother, I, I, I see her being cool with that. I just don't see your mom having a real problem. Well, at this point, no. But to be honest, it's been about 10 years of beating her down to the point where we can pretty much get away with anything as long as none of us are in jail. We're above board. Wearing her down. Well, and one of my best cigar memories is you and I and Gerald had never seen The Quiet Man. Famous John Wayne movie, greatest fight scene in cinema. Right. Haven't heard of it. <laughs> hey, hey. Get out. <laughs> cigar Cast, now hosted by Bo Ladner and Shane Reeves. Coming to you. pun free zone, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> but we were sitting there one Saturday morning, and it was Bo and I and Gerald and some other people in the shop, and The Quiet Man was on Netflix, and Gerald voiced to us that he had never seen it. And we sat there and smoked cigars, and I drank my first Guinness and watched The Quiet Man. Yeah, I remember that. We had, uh, we had a few pints of Guinness. and Well, I had a few pints of Guinness. Shane had a pint of Guinness and watched The Quiet Man. I, st- I remember I was actually smoking this same cigar back then, but I don't, remember if, uh, I don't remember exactly what you had at the time. I don't remember it that vividly. <laughs> now, Bo, I know you're a huge LFD fan and kind of always have been. Have you experienced the same thing I have, which is with such a full-bodied smoke that at a certain point you just blow your palate out and have to transfer to something else? Or is that something that you can just pick up and smoke all the time? Well, everybody's different. Um, Some people can uh, drink whiskey straight or drink black coffee all day, and it won't really affect their palate as much. Um, Some people just can't. Some people, if they smoke one of these, they're they're not going to be able to taste anything else for a week. But I've been so conditioned to it that, honestly, um, I can smoke three or four of these in a day and still enjoy a good meal at the end of the day, still enjoy a good drink. Uh, so, yeah, I don't really run into that issue that much. That's one of the reasons I like it so much, because even though it's full-bodied and full-flavored, it's not overpowering to the other senses. So have you noticed that as you've smoked much stronger cigars and darker beers have you noticed a deadening of your palate any or do you still get all the nuance i don't think so in fact uh, occasionally you know i'm not nothing against connecticut's but i don't generally gravitate toward them but occasionally i'll wake up and i'll just feel like a connecticut or even some point during the night after smoking one or two of these i'll decide to smoke one and i still feel like i can taste all the nuances in that well I've, i had a guy in the cigar shop one day told me that and i've never found it to be true he's Sit there and he said, oh yeah, after you smoke those dark ones for a while, you won't be able to smoke anything else. And my palate's still pretty varied. I can still enjoy a small cigar. I can too. And especially, you know, much like I transitioned to drinking more wine and whiskey in the winter and move away from beer in the summer, my cigar palate changes a, a, a little bit as well. I've noticed where I can enjoy more Connecticut's and more lighter cigars, especially out on the golf course and thing, where as long as I have flavor, I don't need strength because I just don't want want my head blown off. Well, and for me, this is my favorite time to smoke a cigar. When I gather a couple of buddies together, it's a wonderful day. We sit on my back porch and we just, we can talk about life and I can really enjoy the cigar. Now, if I'm doing something else, if I'm fishing or playing golf or something more... I guess hands-on is the word I'm looking for. I don't seem to want as as good a cigar. Yeah, see, I kind of, uh, not to be contrary, but uh, for me, I know everyone's different, but uh, Trey, you can attest to this, and Shane, I think you can too. I'll, I'll smoke in my backswing. I'll smoke while I'm casting. 
See, that's one thing. As much as we've fished together over the last year, and, and I've never understood how you can smoke cigars while you're fishing for bass, especially because <laughs> what do you, unless you have four hands, I just can't make it. Uh, earlier in the year, we had the opportunity to do a, a little bit of a canoe trip, and it was hilarious because he was sitting in the front fishing, smoking a cigar, drinking a beer, and helping steer and paddle the canoe all at once. I, it's, it's a miracle that if I hadn't witnessed it, wouldn't think was possible. A lot of conditioning, a lot of training. A couple Multi- lives were lost. Multitasking at its very best. I'm just waiting for the day they had um, Patrick McManus used to tell a story about a friend of his that smoked cigars and one day he hooked a 14 pound steelhead and his cigar fell down the front of his waders and you don't let a fish go because you know there's a cigar in your waders you just try to keep it from burning anything valuable just submerge yourself (laughs) yeah until you get the fish in said he got a ticket for obscene dancing in a trout (laughs) i think i've been guilty of something very similar to that yeah that was uh, it's a good thing you didn't drop a cigar down those waders (laughs) Pardon the vulgarity, but don't fart in waiters. That was the lesson from the day. First time, first time wearing waiters. That was that was definitely the takeaway. Now you dropped a cigar down there. We'd all been blown sky high. <laughs> <laughs> so, but that, that actually kind of, I'm a guy that that really enjoys cigars in any scenario. However, there are some uh, hobbies and activities that I really don't want a cigar. Fishing being one of them. I'm too busy to really enjoy it. Have you run? Have either of you run across a situation where the cigar is just not an appropriate addition to whatever you're doing? Well, I I tend not to do it on the treadmill or bench press, but um, see, when I had my house in college, I actually used to come home from work, smoke a cigar, and lift weights like Hellboy. I, I don't know why, just for some reason it felt nice. <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'm a cigar snob. I really, when I'm going to sit down and enjoy a premium cigar, it's appointment viewing for me i'm gonna sit and i'm really going to you know today when the podcast is over i'm probably gonna wheel my tv out here and watch wrestling and play poker and smoke cigars for the rest of the day right and there's nothing wrong with that uh, at all i mean uh some people i think most people probably more like you in that regard you like to sit down and relax and enjoy it and it's nice to do this for me but at the same time i'd have no problem jumping on my motorcycle and smoking this on the highway or going to the golf course it uh, it just kind of complements what i do generally but i definitely understand your point about wanting to be able to associate smoking a cigar with sitting down and relaxing and just kind of letting everything else melt away and there's a there's a point in the day where that's ideal especially for me but i'll tell you one of my favorite places to enjoy a cigar is mowing the lawn as long as you have a riding mower. If you have a push mower, that sucks. But, uh, but just sitting on the tractor and just going back and forth and smoke a cigar, listen to music or podcasts or something like that, that's, that's a great opportunity for me to, to just kind of unwind but still feel like I'm getting something accomplished. I, I feel like I've been done something wrong and been sentenced to punishment when I mow the yard. So <laughs> I don't think I could See, add a cigar to that. Uh, my boss, they still live on uh, on the farmland where I grew up, and he's still got his uh, Kubota tractor. And that's one of his favorite things in the world is when he gets home after two weeks on the road is grabbing three cigars and a couple of bottles of water and going out and just mowing the lawn with the tractor, smoking cigars, just kind of letting everything else melt away. It can be very zen. <laughs> And that's really, it's funny, we come about it from a humorous angle, but that really is a lot of a cigar. It's just 
What does it do? How does it take you to somewhere else? Finding the place that helps you relax, whether it's doing it while doing something else or if it's a combination of mowing the lawn and zoning out and having a cigar or whether it's, like you said, just sitting down watching TV, just relaxing, focusing on the cigar itself. We've watched many a pay-per-view wrestling out here on the porch and all the guys and open up the humidor and we all just sit out here and watch wrestling, puff on a cigar. It's interesting. Um, I had the opportunity. I got to draw on my cigar cast knowledge. Royal Rumble was a week or two ago and had a young man that wanted his first cigar. And I hooked him up with the Rocky Patel Edge Connecticut. Good cigar. Not yeah. a huge investment. If he didn't finish it, I wouldn't be out 20 bucks. But I really like that for a first cigar for someone. Now, you mentioned, uh, this might be a little bit out of decorum, but you did mention about opening up the humidor. Do you feel like there are certain events where you've got certain people that you know, I can't just tell them, take carte blanche and help yourself? Do you kind of have a, a guest humidor and a, these are my good friends that I know will appreciate these humidor? I will admit I have a private humidor. I have my large chest-style humidor that sits in my living room for all to see, but my really good stuff is kept in my leather Rocky Patel humidor in my bedroom. Right. I mean, I think the key is just have friends that only have friends that appreciate it, right? <laughs> just if, if you've got people that don't smoke cigars, you don't need that kind of negativity in your life. That's right. <laughs> uh, I agree. Well, we, uh, we, we've all been in that situation where you've got somebody trying to introduce them to the hobby, whether it's a, a girlfriend or just a close friend or what have you. And you spend ten, twelve, fifteen dollars on a very nice cigar, and you sit down and you start smoking it. Five minutes goes by, and you realize that they've taken three puffs and put it down, and they're done with it. Yeah, and I think for me, it's it's three stages of the humidor. You've got the throw throw it to the wolves cigars. You've got the mine only, and then you've got the close friends right. kind of thing. Wow, that's a lot of dead air. <laughs> Sorry, I, I got distracted, and I was sitting out here on the porch. I have a neighbor. Okay, this is great. I have a neighbor that if he sees me on this porch, goes to work in his backyard. I don't oh, know really? what it is. We actually put a bet on the WrestleMania betting sheet, neighbor mows yard during WrestleMania. I'll tell you what, Shane, if you'll let me stay here for three days and you promise not to come out on the porch, I'll take care of that problem for you. <laughs> Well, I, I shouldn't complain. He has just as right, much right to his backyard as I do to mine. But it just seems to me that when he sees the shades are down and smoke's rolling out of it, it's like, hey, I need to go out there and trim the hedges, paint the deck. I would love to see what this deck looks like from the outside with just the little slits in the screen, just smoke pouring out like, like it's like a barn TP, just <laughs> <laughs> Native American smoke shack. That's what we're we need to get for. you a drum. <laughs> so moving forward, coming back to cigars, um, we do have questions we like to ask all of our guests. I always love to ask about your first cigar. And Trey kind of has his own questions. What do you got? So the one that I want to make sure that we ask everybody is, what is your Desert Island stick? The cigar that if you can only, unlimited quantity, but you can only smoke one cigar for the rest of your life, what is it? Yeah, I actually thought about that a little bit because uh, there are some that you really enjoy, but it's, it's hard to think about only ever having that one and never experiencing anything else. So there are a couple that are on the list. Um, one of them in particular, if quantity didn't matter, if it was unlimited, uh, the Tatuaje Jason, 
from a couple of years ago. That that is one of my all time favorites. That's one that I I don't think I'd get tired of. I bought a box of them and I smoke one or two a year, and that's one that I just honestly haven't grown tired of yet. Now being able to find enough to supply me for the rest of my life while I had nothing to do but sit on the beach and smoke cigars and fantasize about mermaids, that may be a different issue entirely. <laughs> well, then those the Tatuaje Monster series is just a great ideal. I right. really I love that they have a theme, and I love themed cigars. We could do a whole show on themed cigars at one point. When they're done well, yeah. I, I, I'm wondering how many monsters he's got left, because uh, he's already run through more than they've got in Monster Mash. He's going to have to start making some up pretty soon. <laughs> the one, the the purple people eater, what is that? The one-eyed, one-horned, five purple people eater? <laughs> going to have the tack of the killer tomato eventually. He's going to be the 50-foot woman. Nobody's going to smoke the blob. Nobody's going to smoke the blob. I think I have smoked a blob before. I think uh, I was married to the blob once. <laughs> but that, so you guys may take my, my cigar nerd card away from me for this, but I've actually never smoked one of the Monster series. None of them? Not even the, not even the Little Monsters? Mm-mm. Um, well, that's something we should have to remedy then. Well, you know, it's one of those things that I get scared off by price point pretty easily. And... As much as the rarity and the the specialness of something, I the the price point just kind of scares me off. And and also, it's the fact the the rarity of actually being able to find one is is hard enough. And then being you know cash forward enough to be able to. Well, not only that, you were talking about uh, having a private humidor, having your own personal stock that you go to. Either of you guys ever run into this where, you, like, for instance, you'll get a box of Little Monsters or you'll get a special release of something that you really enjoy, and it's hard to smoke it because you just want to sit and look at it. You just want to open it up, and you're afraid to smoke it because once you do, it's gone, and now you're just looking at the empty box. It, you know, I, I've got to say one of the, the my fondest memories in terms of uh, self-restraint from a cigar perspective is on my 21st birthday, my uh, first ex-wife gave me a box of... Uh, Padron 26s, a little Robusto size. I forget what it, what they call it, but I made that box last for two years. And I think, and at the time I was living two hours from the nearest shop. So it's not like I could just go refresh every time I was. So the self-restraint it took me to not just go in there and grab a cig- one of those every time I want a cigar was something that I'm still proud of to this day. Right. <laughs> yeah, I have no restraint. When I go, when I get, especially a Padron, a really nice one, it's not going to age. I mean, there's no aging in my humidor for that because I get it home and I'm already planning, okay, tomorrow, turning the cell phone off, and it's just going to be me and this Padron for a couple of hours together. Like a little kid that just couldn't help it. He had to eat the cake that was on the counter. And you sit in the corner with chocolate covering your face, and you feel bad about it, but not really because you know you're going to do it again. <laughs> Well, and one of the fun things we do at our shop is we have, every year when the Monster Series comes out, we have a Monster Poker game. And I was lucky enough to win the Monster Poker game this year and came out with a box of the Krugers. But I think everybody that smoked one and I smoked one, they said they need about six months, so I haven't even opened that box. It's still in the cellophane. And I do that is a piece of cigar knowledge I need to know. So I've won the box. Should I put it in my humidor? And take the cellophane off of it, or should I leave it in the cellophane? So everything I've experienced on that is mostly a matter of personal preference. However, if I take the law of averages, the general consensus seems to be if you're looking to age a cigar and really give it the opportunity to grow and develop from a flavor standpoint, you want to take it out of the cellophane. Now, 
that's not to say it won't age in the cellophane, but you're going to age it. It's going to age more uniformly and quicker if you take it out of the cellophane. My my kind of rule on that is if it's going in my chest humidor at the house, I take it out of the cellophane. If it's in my travel humidor where it's going to get shaken around and that sort of thing, then I'll leave it in. Yeah, I will say, I think uh, when you leave them in a the cellophane, it seems to me like, like, I agree with you, they do age slower, but it does seem like it'll hold humidity a little bit better. It's almost like it won't age it, but it might preserve it a little bit better if you leave it in the cellophane. Yeah, and that comes to how anal retentive you are about maintaining your humidor. If you're one of the guys that checks your humidity and your temperature, you know, twice a day, then, you know, taking it out of the cellophane is probably not going to result in anything uh, nefarious happening to your cigars. But if you're one of those guys that, you know, like Ronco, you set it and forget it, you might want to leave it in. I'll probably end up going ahead and taking it out. I've had them in there since October, so I've had them in there for about half that time. So probably going to take them out of the cellophane and let them finish up aging and kind of clean up and rotate them. My biggest thing is every so often I take my humidor, I empty it out, and I put everything back in just so they roll, just so you don't get an uneven burn because that ruins a cigar for me. Yeah, and we've talked about this, you know, probably ad nauseum at this point, but the, the draw and construction is it will ruin a cigar for me at least, you know, uneven burn, bad draw, the, those types of construction issues will ruin a cigar for me more than flavor will. Yeah, don't matter how good the flavor is, if you can't get it to burn, you can forget it. Right. Which, it's about time for us to take a break and burn these cigars down just a little bit further, let y'all hear a little bit about cigar etiquette, and we'll be back. This is Cousin Bo, reminding you not to set the ashtray on fire. It sounds like a very simple concept, but please remember, when you light a match or a cedar spill, don't just throw it into the ashtray. Take a second, shake it through the air, make sure it's completely extinguished before you put it into the ashtray. Only you can prevent ashtray fires. to the Cigar Cast. I'm one of your hosts, Shane Reeves. I'm here with Trey Dedman. Hello, everybody. Our special guest today, Bo Ladner. Howdy. And as three I guys... I wondered why you had a, a tag on your hat. <laughs> as three guys sitting around here having a couple of cigars, it seemed only right to get the good whiskey out. So we all have a shot, or actually it's bourbon, of Elmer T. Lee bourbon made at the Angel's Envy factory. So gentlemen... May those that love us love us. May those that hate us, God, turn their heart. And if he can't turn their heart, may he turn their ankles so we'll know them by their limping. It's not it. L'chaim. That's smooth. That is, that is great. This is, this, this is what <laughs> cigars are all about. <laughs> yeah, this is really what it's about. Three friends being able to just kind of sit around and talk about life and... Enjoying a little drink, enjoying a little cigar. Um, That bourbon was very difficult to find this year. They only release it once a year. And actually, it was one of the guys at the cigar shop that found it for me. We was tracking it like it was Santa on NORAD (laughs) 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 when they released it. We (laughs) finally found it back, but that's 
For a good dark cigar, a good whiskey just always makes it for me. No, I concur. And uh, honestly, one of the things that I appreciate about good hard-to-find bourbons especially is uh, it's the same thing with uh, hard-to-find cigars. I mean, the only thing better than tracking it down and enjoying it is being able to enjoy it with friends of yours who also enjoy it. It just kind of increases it. I think that's very primal, the thrill of the hunt for man. Yeah, because we can't we can't track caribou in our backyard anymore. So now we've got to. Oh, well, we used to be able to, but since they brought those bobcats in, yeah, bobcats, mountain lions, coyotes. Now we're we're living in Tennessee. Suburban it's, housewives. It's all the same. <laughs> Still a little wild. Neighbors who intend on gardening, regardless of what time I'm in here smoking. You know, just the just the standard things. But coming back to cigars. So we were talking about at the break. Bad cigars. And by bad cigars, I don't mean poorly constructed cigars. I mean, cigars that just have that flavor. I think, you know, the the Kentucky Fire Cured, I think, I don't think it's a bad cigar by any stretch of the imagination, but I can see how someone would consider that being good, a good bad cigar, a good cigar that's sort of not bad, but except in the way of like a sci-fi movie is you enjoy it despite the fact that it's not a traditional right but it's uh when you talk about bad you're not just saying like poor quality or poor construction or even just poor tobacco it's more of um, like Trey's talking about it's like one of those guilty b movies that just happens to be something you really enjoy or like a, a very bad character that you just can't help but root for even though you know he's supposed to die at the end like what are those dime store cigars that you smoke on occasion oh That's... the chair roots or yeah the, uh, or the my grandpa the one that got my dad into smoking was uh he always smoked Dutch Masters. That might have been the one you're thinking of. He always smoked them with a little plastic holder, too. And uh, every once in a while, I'll get a wild hair, and I'll get a pack of them. That pack will probably last me six months. <laughs> <laughs> I think probably my favorite bad cigar, cigar that really just is not up to what a premium smoker would, is the Baccarat. I love the Baccarat. I love to get out that cheap c- cigar and light it up and just enjoy the... The, the terribleness now when you talk about uh, when you talk about bad uh, in that regard that one is it's more cheap right it's because on the other end of the spectrum you got um, not to be too much of a fanboy for La Flor Dominicana but the NAS that we were talking about their chair root where they use the strongest nastiest roughest tobacco that they had and that one even though it's uh, it's about half the size of a Corona still retails for eight nine bucks but it's it's strong it's short it doesn't last very long but it's just so bad it's delicious it's wonderful i love it but it's bad in the sense of badass i mean it's not like it's not like bad flavor it's 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 all flavor right but it's just uh it's a it's the samuel l jackson of the cigars (laughs) samuel l jackson answers his phone hello i'll do it (laughs) every movie in the last couple of years he's been in i just and I love I love Samuel L. Jackson movies. I wa- sat out here and watched Formula 51 the other day. It's terrible. It's a horrible movie, but I enjoyed it the whole time. What's your favorite bad cigar, Trey? Bo and I have kind of covered ours. Bad, you know, I can't really think of one off the top of my head other than occasionally the, uh, the, the natural. Uh, by Drew Estate. By Drew Estate. Not because it's a bad cigar, but because it's got that sweetness that is not really my wheelhouse. They really need to put a warning label on that for diabetics. They, I'm, You're not kidding. <laughs> it, it, you're smoking dessert at that point. 
Well, I, one night, some buddies and I were sitting down in the gazebo by the fire, and we were sharing acid deep dish and vanilla cognac. And that was just about so sweet it would make you pucker. It was unbelievable how sweet that tasted, that combination of drinking cigar. Right. So, as three guys sit together, discuss things, are often prone to do, it tends to lead to women. I didn't bring it up this time. I want that on record. <laughs> well, Bo has a, a great deal more experience in variety of women. I've been with the same woman for almost 20 years. Still love her more now than I ever did and just thoroughly enjoy that. And getting my wife into cigars was one of the, I hate to call it a turning point in our relationship, but it really enhanced our relationship overall of being able to go to exotic lounges and go to these events and have my wife go with me. That's just, it's, it's like a great it, part cho- of it. Choice of phrasing on exotic lounges, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> But, no, it's like uh, when they decide to root for your football team or um, when they tell you they like Star Wars, something to that effect. Well, it's kind of and – it, and it brings the cigar enjoyment, the cigar hobby, out of I'm doing this to get away from you, and it becomes let's go have do something I enjoy together. Yeah, and Linda enjoys good cigars. She smokes the Java by Drew Estate. She smokes the Acid Beach, all the flavored cigars. Everybody keep their fingers crossed. I'm getting her away from those. I'm getting her to the more cigar-flavored cigars. Well, you got to be careful because, uh, like Javi said, he, he loves to smoke Padron 26s almost exclusively. Well, his wife started smoking them, too. He said, which at first I thought, this is great. My wife and I get to enjoy the hobby together. And then I just realized, no, my hobby's going to cost twice as much now. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was the thing. So my ex-wife and, uh, was a cigar smoker with me as well. And we would go out, but that was the thing. She liked the Padron 64, and that was what she smoked when she went out. Luckily, she didn't smoke nearly as frequently as I did, but I'd be smoking a you know $8 Perdomo or something sitting next to her smoking a $15 now, Padron. I will say this. So you said that you guys have been together for 20 years thereabout, right? Yeah. I, I tend to see, because my relationships are obviously a lot shorter than that, 18, 20 minutes. Hey, give me a little credit, man. I'm a gentleman. Hours. Okay, two weeks. <laughs> So uh, it's funny actually seeing the arc because I've had relationships where they're actually initially drawn to me because uh, not all women are like this, but sometimes a woman will see your silhouette and they'll see you hanging out, and the cigar is part of that complement to that. Just a combination of you hanging out, you being out, being yourself, having a cigar, having that confidence. They find it very sexy. They find it very appealing. That's part of the reason why some of them might be drawn to me or to a particular man like that. And for the first couple of months, it's, it's kind of great because every time you want to go out, you want to shoot pool, you want to play cards, you want to whatever, they're down to come hang out and smoke cigars with you or watch you. And then they kind of get tired of it, and then they kind of get to where they're like, oh, do you have to smoke every week or every day, or do you have to smoke so often, or do you have to smoke, can't we just sit here and watch The Bachelorette? <laughs> and that's usually about where, you know, I reach the that, That's point. when things fall off. Right. Now, I have seen, I have also at, at other points have some relationships where, they kind of started to get into cigars more as the relationship went on. And after we split up, I mean, I've, I've talked to them a year, two years, three years later, and they've actually started smoking cigars, actually developed a good palate. I had a girl that I hadn't talked to for a couple of years, and she said that she started hanging out in cigar shops because she and I used to do that, even though she didn't smoke cigars. And guys just started giving her stuff, because if you're a single, attractive young woman, you go into a cigar shop, people are going to give you stuff. Uh, cigars, cigars. This is a clean <laughs> show. Well... But, 
And that's really a good point of kind of how the cigar portrays a masculine image of it's there is an element of manhood to it and Tim Hall touched on it earlier in one of our earlier shows. I told him one time when he was representing um the mermaid. La Serena. La Serena, thank you. That it's just their cigars names are not manly enough for me. There there are some there's some now you've got like what I was talking the Cro Magnon, they've got the Neanderthal and the Knuckle Dragger and they you know they really See, yeah, La Flor Dominicana is one of my favorites, but it translates to the Dominican flower, which really isn't that masculine of an image, really. If you think about it, you've also got Aroma de Cuba, which is the smell of Cuba. Right. Yeah, you have the Mia More in that line, my love. My love. <laughs> so the cigars not just for men. But largely male-dominated hobby, I would say. Especially yeah, I, I definitely think so. And I, I, I wonder how much of that just comes from our historic you know, sort of idea about what cigar smoking is. You know, the, the men of the house retire to the den and, and smoke cigars and drink cognac while the women do whatever I mean, really, they it was, show on Downton Abbey. <laughs> <laughs> it was only the, uh, okay, I see how your relationships went. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Now, it was really only the early part of the 20th century to where it became socially acceptable for women to even smoke. I mean, even just cigarettes, really. Um, so, like you said, it for hundreds of years, it was a male-dominated hobby. Uh, you, you'd think it would have kind of swung the other way just because I can do it now, why not? But it still seems that just generally women don't gravitate to cigars the same way that men do. I'm wearing pants and I'm smoking cigars. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We're, we're in favor of women's liberation. They can smoke their cigars just like the rest of us. Now, moving along, talking more about that. Now, have you has anyone else noticed more ladies in the cigar lounges recently? I've noticed more ladies in two places, on the golf course and in the cigar lounge. I mean, lady is a relative term. But, no, I, I think you're right, especially in our home shop. I've started to notice more and more, and not only not only more women coming in the shop, but more, more women coming in that aren't with their husbands or boyfriends. Uh, you know, taking ownership of the hobby. Uh, there's actually a great uh, cigar club down in Atlanta called the La Femme Cigar Society, and it's a group of women. Uh, there's actually a, a shop down there that's owned by, by a woman who is uh, a big part of this group, but, you know, creating their own not big part of the group. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I, was, she says I, I love the hand gesture. <laughs> she really says, no, no, not like that at all. But, you know, they're really changing the landscape in the Atlanta cigar culture just by being people that are taking ownership of, of the hobby and not just following their husbands into the shop. Well, not to call anyone out uh, by name, but uh, when I was working in Chattanooga, there was Lady Cigar Smokers of Chattanooga Club, and there were quite a few women that went through a divorce and then decided that, okay, well, my husband liked to go out and leave me at the house while he went out drinking and smoking and hanging out. I'm going to try it. I'm going to see if I like it. And there were a lot of women that actually started to bond over coming out and smoking cigars and drinking whiskey and hanging out just the same way that uh, men would or that divorcees would. Well, the other night, um, Thursday night, when we went by the cigar shop, there was a couple of ladies there having a ladies' night at the cigar lounge. They were sitting there, and they were enjoying their cigars. They And they tend to run toward a lighter cigar, a more flavored cigar, I believe. I believe um, if a lady asks you for a cigar in the humidor, what do you put her toward, Trey? I actually usually try and, and answer that question as if it's the same as a guy, just because I, I've known, like I said, you know, 
my ex-wife who was a Padron smoker, and I've known plenty of women who actually really properly smoke cigars, and then you've got the others uh, that don't. So I usually tr- just try and get a, a feel like I would anybody else, but typically it's going to be a Connecticut, the and and typically a smaller ring gauge as well, just based on the preferences uh, that I've seen. Well, and it was interesting because one of our, our Tuesday night poker game, one of our friends had brought his girlfriend to the poker game, and even after he broke up with her, she kept coming back to the poker game with us. And that was very interesting because he was there, too. Interesting is a good word for it. <laughs> <laughs> Uncomfortable might be another. Oh, she's a sweet girl. She was a very nice lady, and oh, she certainly. was always very... um very cordial to everyone and on her my wife got along so that's but it's it is interesting how the hobby has kind of matured where everybody can enjoy it so uh before we get uh too much further into the episode uh because we do have a tendency to ramble i do want to uh touch on our cigar under eight dollars this week so this week we're going to talk about the perdomo reserve champagne noir and it's 91 rated on aficionado, like all of Perdomo's. It is a Puro. It is a Nicaraguan filler, binder, and wrapper. The cost of this is six and a quarter, so it's really reasonable. I mean, especially for a five by 54, that's probably 35, 40 minute smoke. Uh, depending on, I mean, if if you're Bo, that's a two hour <laughs> smoke. But for uh, you or I, it'd be about a yeah, about a 40 minute smoke. And it's a great cigar for $8. It's one of my cigars that I really enjoyed in the infancy of my cigar smoking days. Um, I've probably told on here before, my pastor got me started smoking cigars. And whenever we have a guest on here and I say, what was your first cigar? And they say, oh, it was a Padron 1964 um, 20th anniversary. Or they say some exotic cigar that's a $30 cigar. I'm always a little jealous because my first cigar was a CAO Moon Trance. (laughs) Got out of the back of an old liquor store at some point. Probably been in the humidor since CAO started making cigars. (laughs) But it was, a, it was a good introduction into the hobby. I will not disparage the CAO Moon Trance. I'm glad that my palate has kind of moved past that. But next time you're in the humidor and you're looking for that inexpensive cigar just to sit and enjoy, try the champagne. Um, did you say the Noir is the Maduro? The Noir is the Maduro. They, they have a couple of different... I haven't seen it in a while, but they also make the champagne in a sun-grown, which is fantastic and then of course the the connecticut which is their best-selling cigar across their brand you know that champagne sun growing is also a great uh, introductory cigar male or female we've actually turned quite a few people onto that um, as just kind of a baseline or a, i don't know what i like but i want something light but also flavorful so as we talk about that as we talk about the introductory cigar everybody um one of the things i always like to do is have a couple of cigars in my humidor that is good to introduce someone to the hobby you don't have to put in their hand a Ratzilla. You know, this Ratzilla I'm smoking, great cigar, full flavor, full body, but might be a little much for someone on their first night out with a cigar. Um, what do you recommend for a first-timer, Bo? Now, see, I'm much more devious than you are. I keep the cheap drugstore ones, and I'll hand them one, and if they tell me it's terrible, I'll say, okay, you passed the test, and then I'll go into the good ones. But uh, it, it depends on the smoker, like Trey was talking about, on what their preferences, what they usually like. One of my go-tos is um, if they really need something really light and really mild. Um, Undercrown's got a new Connecticut that's pretty good, the shade, as I'm sure you know. 
and uh, Verdomo's got a good Connecticut that's pretty light. But um, other than that, I honestly, I usually try to give people the benefit of the doubt. I'll give them a decent Tatuaje, or um, I might even give them a natural LFD just to kind of give them a chance, because you, you don't know, that might be what they end up liking. They may not like Connecticut's. They may not like lighter stuff or flavored stuff. And and Tim Tim shared that with us when he was on about you know asking about do you take your coffee black versus with cream and sugar do you like you know bold flavors in your food or in your drink or you know that sort of thing and I think because someone again male or female who enjoys really spicy food and black coffee that you know is so strong the spoon doesn't even fall over when you let go of it they're probably not going to like a champ uh, a, a, a Connecticut wrapper or a lighter cigar. They're probably going to want something with a little more meat to it. Well, honestly, it's it's even uh, it's impossible to predict. Uh, my pa is 65 years old, and for most of his cigar-smoking life, he could not and would not smoke anything other than a Connecticut or a natural. He just couldn't handle anything strong. And one day, he asked me what my favorite cigar at the time was, and um, it still is one of my favorites, the La Flor Dominicana uh, Maduro Chisel. And I gave one of that, and that's one of the strongest, darkest cigars that you can get. I mean, you can't see it in the dark. And he smoked that thing, smoked it to the nub, just absolutely loved it. So now his favorite cigars are the Leon Jimenez Natural Churchill and the Florida Dominicana Double Ahero Maduro Chisel. Moving on, talking about that, talking about giving cigars to other people, because to me, I've made the point before, but that it bears repeating. One of my favorite parts of the cigar culture is the generosity. Oh, and yes. Always someone willing to give you a good cigar or a good recommendation on a cigar. And they're also not afraid to say, yeah, I'm smoking this one, but it's just not very good. Um, one of the biggest things when handing people cigars is I'm always very careful if they smoke cigarettes or not. Because you don't inhale a cigar, and you right. do inhale <clears throat> a cigarette. And you got to give them the disclaimer. Yeah, it's kind of hard. Absolutely. It's kind of hard when you're used to inhaling to go to smoking a straight-up cigar, which you smoke cigarettes also. Uh, not, not really. I mean, I've gone through a couple of cigarette phases. Um, in fact, I actually started smoking cigarettes more when they started the smoking bans because I don't have time to sit outside for two and a half hours in the 40-degree weather. Well, and, you know, one of the bars that we frequent has recently, uh, they have the, the open air similar to your porch here. And as long as the doors are open, you can smoke cigars in there. But in the winter, when it gets cold, you, you, they close them down and they only allow cigarette smoke. So it becomes a nice little like, kind of bridge the gap. Well, and a good cheat for everyone out there, if you're going to a casino where they allow cigarette smoking but not cigars, I always pick up a little box of Panatellas. The um, La Florida Dominica makes a Panatella. Perdomo makes Panatellas. I had underground shade Panatellas for oh, a Oh, really? Yep, and I smoked them when I was sitting there. Or if I was going point A to point B and just wanted a quick smoke, just needed that few minutes to unwind my brain. Right. That's always... Well, see, it's funny you mention that because Trey and I, there have been a couple of times where we brought half Coronas into the bars where, uh, where they could smoke cigarettes and not cigars. We thought, all right, well, these are short enough, small enough, maybe they won't notice. And we were fine. Nobody said anything. There are other times where they just see it. We haven't even lit them up yet, and they come up and tell us that the smell of the cigar smoke is bothering them. Yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> definitely a mind over matter situation yeah, you, in a lot of cases. See, I've, seen, I've seen a number of sensitive people and bartenders come up and start coughing and cover their noses and tell me I need to put that cigar out and have to say, ma'am, I haven't even cut it yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Bo, I have really enjoyed, and I know we both have, ha having you on, but uh, there's clearly a lot more content than we have time to cover here. Uh, we be happy to have you have you back sometime in the future i'm your huckleberry and one way you can always get in contact with us we'd love to hear some feedback about our guests especially 
Um, the episode number three that released has Austin Hugh, who is just taking over a cigar shop. And we've had Tim Hall, and now we've had Bo, who's just a aficionado. We're going to have more guests going forward, but how do you contact us, Trey? So... If you like good old-fashioned email, you can always reach us at info at thecigarcast.com. Let me try that again. Thecigarcast.com, the bourbon's really getting to me, is uh, our website where you can pick up episodes and a little bit of news from us. But we're also on all social media at thecigarcast. That's Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening this week. And as I say at the end of every cigar, don't be sad because it's over. Be glad because it happened. Thank you.